Hey guys, how are y'all doing tonight? I am at the end of a long road trip. I'm in the state of North Carolina, uh, getting ready to go and speak to some students tomorrow at Gardner-Webb University in uh, Bowling Springs. But I was sitting here doing some studying and I thought I would just share a little bit about what I've been studying. I've been going back through the book of Acts um, just really breaking it down and, um, and I, and I believe the Lord has shown me a lot. Um, for example, tonight, I'll just give you a few verses here. Maybe we'll see how long, I don't want to go too far with you. I mean, it's late, but, um, in Acts chapter number two, now, um, many times when we think of Acts chapter two, uh, we think of Pentecost and we think of the birth of the church. Um, even though, yeah, I mean, Pentecost is mentioned in Acts 2, but the birth of the church is not. Um, that is an exegesis, which means a pulling out of the text. There may be even an eisegesis reading into the text um, because it doesn't say this is the church's birthday. At all. Matter of fact, if you look in verse number one of Acts chapter two, which is what I've been doing, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and one place. Pentecost, of course, Pente means fifty. It was a feast day that took fifty that took place fifty days after the Passover. That's why it was called. Pentecost. So a feast day took place 50 days after the Passover to celebrate the spring harvest and the giving of the law. Um, it has everything to do with the Jew and nothing to do with the church. Pentecost is a Jewish holiday. Um, again, it took place 50 days after the Passover. The Jews called it the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. And you can <clears throat> read all about that in Exodus 23, Leviticus 16, Numbers 28, Deuteronomy 16 talks about the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. Uh, it was the celebration of the, the beginning of the early harvest during May and June, and of course the final harvest would come in in the fall, but Pentecost was for the early harvest that would occur around May and June. Um, so it was 50 days after the Passover. So the Passover would happen, you would start counting to 50 on the day after, and then it was the following, uh, it was the following 50 days you would land on uh, Pentecost, which happened on a Sunday. So uh, it'd be that Sunday after you stop counting 50. So Jewish holiday, um, of course, their holidays were, you know, you are some holy days is what the word means. Uh, you have the feast of Passover. And then, of course, you'd start counting the 50. But why are you counting the 50? Unleavened bread would take place after that. Uh, the Feast of First Fruits would take place after that, and then you would be at 50 days after 
and you'd land on the day of Pentecost. Now, <clears throat> we know that the disciples, the 12 in this case, um, were in Jerusalem, but we only speculate where they are. A lot of times we'll say they're in the upper room. Well, while Acts chapter 1 verse 13 does say that, and when they were come, they were in the upper room, there are both Peter, James, and John, and those guys. In Acts chapter 2 verse number 1, it doesn't really say that, so, um, you know, um, so we're not really sure they were in the same upper room. Now, some people will argue about, well, who who's there? Is it the 120? Uh, because if it is the 120, that's a big room. <laughs> Matter of fact, when you go over to Israel today, they take you to what they think to be the upper room. 120, 120 people can't fit in that room. I think the 12 were in the room, uh, not the 120. Um, there were 12 there, the apostles, um, on the day of Pentecost. Um, so, you know, that's something that, you know, I've been breaking down, uh, looking into. And then verse number two, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Um, now, again, we're not sure um, if this is referring to the 120 or if it's referring to the 12. But if you look in the text, if you look down at verse number 7, for example, it says, And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all of these which speak Galileans? Now, the 120 were not all Galileans or Galileans. Uh, so again, this is probably referring to only 12 that were in the upper room. Um, also in verse number 14, we see something that also lends us to believe that there was only 12 here, not 120. Um, because in verse number 14, it says, referring to Mr. Peter, and Peter stood up. I want to read the exact same exact text. It says, but Peter standing up with the 11. It's not Peter standing up with the 119. <laughs> it's Peter standing up with the 11. So, again, just some assumptions there. People assume they're back in the upper room. Um, People assume that there's 120 of them. Um, I think those, again, are assumptions uh, that are not uh, found in the text at all. I think there were 12 of them. They were in a room somewhere when Pentecost happened. And um, in verse number three, uh, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as the fire and it set upon each of them. So the 12 of them received uh, the cloven tongues as of fire it sets upon them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, because of this verse, uh, our Pentecostal brothers and their brothers uh, will say that to be filled with the Holy Spirit results in tongues. 
Um, well, uh, again, if, if, if your assumption is that this is the church, but as I will show you as we progress through Acts chapter 2, there are no Gentiles here. Uh, if they are, they're not mentioned. Um, and I'll show you, uh, Peter is speaking to the house of Israel, ye men of Judea. He's not speaking to um, Gentiles. Um, so if the Pentecostals want to hang their hat on that, it's, it's a weak point uh, for them to hang their hat on that. Uh, because uh, this gift of the Holy Spirit and these tongues were poured out on the house of Israel just like God said it would be in Joel chapter 2, verse number 28. We'll, we'll get into that. And Joel 2, 28 is a prophecy for the house of Israel, not for the Gentiles and not for the church. Um, so these guys are speaking in other tongues. And then another thing about these tongues that I pay particular attention to is that the word for tongues here is dialectos. And you know what that word is in English, it's dialect. Uh, these are known languages. This was not gibberish. This was not Bodhanishan should have bought a Honda stuff. This, they were speaking known languages to the hearers. Um, and there were people there that could indeed interpret it. Uh, now, while 1 Corinthians 14 may be referring to a heavenly language, because Paul does say, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and I have not love, um, this is definitely referring to known languages. And again, many people use this as the birth of the church. However, I believe that that is a bit premature because the text simply does not say that. And in verse number five, it says, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now notice they were all Jews who were back in Jerusalem um, after the diaspora. The, the diaspora was when Babylon threw the Jews out of Jerusalem and now they're all returning to their homeland. They are also returning with a sense of anticipation. The three wise guys were not the only ones that knew how to read the Bible the Old Testament. Simeon was not the only one. You remember Simeon in Luke uh, 2.25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed to him. So Simeon was there waiting for something to happen, well, there must, there may have been hundreds of thousands of people there waiting for something to happen. Again, not every, every not everybody was ignorant. They knew what was going on. There was uh, Josephus, as a matter of fact, writes about how that there were these pilgrimages back into Jerusalem, looking for the consolation of Israel, looking for the Messiah to be revealed. So, um, so. Uh, these were Jews that were in Israel. Make no mistake, Peter is speaking to Jews. He is not speaking to Israel. Pentecost is a Jewish feast, uh, first and foremost, not necessarily 
not at all, in my opinion, uh, should we think of the birth of the church when we think of Pentecost. It's a Jewish feast. Um, so if you read the text, I mean, we have not um, encountered any Gentiles yet for a reason. And in verse number six, now when it was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak again in his own language, in his own dialectos. In other words, the tongues that these people were speaking in were known languages and it was known to the hearers who heard it. Now again, these were Jews that were coming back to Jerusalem from all the corners of the earth that spoke these foreign languages and they recognized them when they heard them. They were speaking their own language and they were all amazed in verse 7 and marveled saying to one another, behold, are not all of these Galileans? Again, the 120 were not all Galileans. So this is the 12, Peter st standing up in the midst of the loving. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Because they were born outside of Israel as a result of the diaspora. Uh, and they were hearing their own languages being spoken. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia and Egypt and the other parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them all speak tongues, the one in tongues, the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, what meaneth this? So here we see two responses to this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. One is doubt and the other is mockery. Um, and the word doubt, lest we get too harsh on them, is actually perplexed. They were perplexed about what was happening, which would have been the more sincere group. And then we have the ones who mocked it, who were indeed the ones that were mocking and making jest in light of what has happened. And the next verse, that these men are full of new wine. I mean, these guys are drunk. Okay. And next time I'll talk about but Peter standing up in the 11 and him speaking uh, to ye men of Jerusalem and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. We'll talk about that next time if I have another chance. So anyway, God bless you guys. Hope that y'all have a great evening. And remember, God loves you and wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.